Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss a warm welcome that creates new loyalty. Key tricks for keeping going when the experience starts to wane and the importance of a final positive experience before a customer leaves. Beginnings, middles, and endings. Oh my. I see what you did there. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. In the last two weeks, I found myself joining two new loyalty programs and becoming fans of both of these brands that, to be honest, I really hadn't experienced much before. Ooh, I love me some loyalty programs. What were they? All righty. The two companies were the convenience store slash gas station Quickstar and the national retailer Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, let me briefly explain how these two brands got my attention and my loyalty in very short order. Now, the first one was Quickstar. The whole family piles into the Jeep. We're going to take a road trip to Minneapolis for a little mini vacation. And we decided to stop and fill up with gas and get some snacks before the three and a half hour drive. I went inside, I grabbed a bunch of stuff. And at the checkout counter, the attendant said, You've got quite a few things there. Are you going to be receiving quick rewards today? And I replied, huh, I'd like to get some rewards. How does it work? And she said, I can sign you up in less than 15 seconds and you'll earn points towards free food, discounts on gas, and lots of other special offers along the way. So I said, sure. I kid you not. She grabbed a card that was next to the cash register, scanned it, handed it to me and said, there you go. All you need to do is log on to quickrewards.com when you get to wherever you're going and register this card. It'll take you all of 10 seconds, which makes my total of 15 seconds. And you'll get a credit for all the points you just earned today. Then keep the card in your wallet or on our digital app and get more points and discounts in the future. You know, sometimes... On this show, things happen in real time. Even though we prepare our segments <laughs> ahead of time, things happen in real time. And, and Joey said quick star. And I was like, man, that sounds familiar. And yet, what the heck is he talking about? And I was like, but I've heard of quick trip. And so I looked it up. Did you know that quick trip and quick star are the same company? But in Iowa, where Joey lives, is where they call it quick star as of 1993, when quick trip became quick star in Iowa. 
I had no idea. <laughs> no yeah, idea. Yeah, because Quick Trip is a Wisconsin company. And so whenever I drive up to Wisconsin, I live in Illinois. I see Quick Trips all the time. Ah, so nice. I know of this reward program. I just hadn't heard of Quick Star. So as you were talking, I admit I was, you know, listening to you, of course, because I always am, but I was asking and, and looking it up. So hey, now we know that. But I love this because I mean, look, what you're describing is a very common situation, right? Everybody wants us to join a loyalty program. And at the end of the day, part of the reason why we choose not to is because usually it's just too many steps. It's a hassle. I don't want to give you my email. I don't want to like whatever. And so I kind of like the 15 second thing because you really didn't have to do anything and now you're getting some rewards. So hey, better than you were 15 seconds ago. Absolutely. And it was a genuine 15 seconds because when I went to that website later... It clicks on and it's like logging in a new card. And I click, yes, type in the number of your card. You type in the number and it's like, great. What's your email and or your phone number if you want to give that? And here's the download for the app. Like it literally was 15 seconds. I think all too often people say, hey, this is going to be fast and easy. And then it's anything but fast and easy. So super exciting, super relevant. They got my attention and I'm excited to go to Quickstar again. All now, right. Good for you, man. Now, Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me tell you about my second loyalty experience. So I found myself arriving in Minneapolis later that day with the family after our little road trip. And I came to the realization that I had not remembered to pack my youngest son's floaties for the hotel pool. Now, uh, since we were going to be come there... Come on, that's, that's know, a parenting know, fail right I know, there. Not, not a good move on my part, but such is life. We, you know, we, we remembered the children, right? <laughs> and we, we forgot the floaties. That's <laughs> oh, okay. So Wait, because you remember to bring the children? Oh, that's yeah, the totally. success? Yeah, let me tell you, lower your bar for parenting. It's really important. Like the kids are in the car, they're upright, they're not bleeding. Hashtag winning at parenting. So since we were going to be at the hotel for five days and the pool was a key component of this planned family fun, I quickly zipped out to the closest place I could find with a Google search that sold pool toys. And that would be Dick's Sporting Goods. And I got to tell you, I had not been to a Dick's Sporting Goods in many years. Not because I have anything, any uh, opposition to the brand or there was any issue with a past experience. It's just I hadn't been in the market for, hey, I'm going to go out shopping for sporting goods. If I need something that's sport-related, nine times out of 10, I just hop online and buy it from Amazon. But because there wasn't going to be time to ship floaties to the hotel over Amazon, or there probably was, but I wasn't going to go through the headache of figuring out what the mailing address is, blah, blah, blah. I decided just to go down the road about a half a mile to the location. I go into the Dick Sporting Goods. I grab the floaties and a couple pool rings for the kids to dive and play with uh, when we were in the pool. And I head to the checkout. The cashier says to me, I see you're buying floaties and pool toys. Are you a scorecard member? Now, at this point, I don't know what scorecard is, but I know I'm about to be sold on something, either a credit card or a loyalty program. Mind you, I already signed up for a loyalty program earlier in the day. And I wanted to see if I could end my day on a streak of positive loyalty program experiences. So I was like, you know, I'm not. And I was kind of just hoping they would move on. And I'm thinking to myself, I just want to check out. I want to get back to the hotel. The kids are waiting to get in the pool. They're waiting for the floaties. And the cashier says, no problem. I can set you up very quickly if you want. And if you're going to be purchasing more sporting equipment for kids in the future, it'll really help you save money quickly. Now this, my friends, is where it got interesting. 
because I was going to be needing to get new equipment soon. What the cashier did not know, but what I knew, is that we had just signed up my two boys for youth soccer. And each of them were required by the league they were going to play in to wear soccer cleats and shin guards and provide their own properly sized soccer balls. Not to mention that I imagined there would be other things we needed for soccer as well. They hadn't played soccer as part of a league before. So in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you just reminded me of a purchase I am going to need to make pretty soon that I hadn't been thinking of. So I said to the cashier, okay, sure, I'll sign up. I was somewhat reluctant, but nonetheless, about a minute later, I had a card. It was synced up to my mobile number and the cashier said in passing, that way you don't need to remember to bring your card with you. You can always just tell us your mobile number. We'll look it up and credit any purchase to your account. So I made my purchase and I headed back to the hotel with the floaties and the pool rings. You know, I'm reminded of a story that I told, oh boy, a long time ago, Joey. Oh, it's it's, so long ago, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't even remember the episode number. I am not sure that I remember the episode. Or perhaps I wrote about it in my book and I never shared it on this episode. But it has to do with a certain gas station and the difficulty in using the rewards at the at the terminal because it asks for things like an alt ID. And you're like, <laughs> right, what right. is that? I have no idea what an, I don't have an alt ID. Well, it turns out, guess what? An alt they mean ID your phone your, number. Phone number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And so the idea that they have set this up where all you need is your phone number. Awesome. Because I'm sure on the back end, there's some 18 digit number that like means something to them, but is never going to mean anything to you. And by the way, we don't need another card in our wallets. And you know, we just, of all the things in our wallets, no offense to Dix. By the way, I'm also a Scorecards member. I don't carry the card around because I don't need to, right? So that is in itself a great start because you're, they're basically saying, we're going to save you money and you don't have to do anything. And that's brilliant. And by the way, the only thing that you missed is the kids are going to want their own goal in the backyard. <laughs> and if either one of them becomes a goalie, they're going to need gloves as right, well. Right, so, There's a lot of potential uh, yeah, things coming. Soccer can get expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So interestingly enough, the piece that stood out the most to me, which I alluded to a little when I was sharing the story, was when the cashier said, if you're going to be purchasing more sporting equipment for kids in the future, it will really help you save money quickly. Four key pieces there, friends. Purchase more sporting equipment. So that's the action. Four kids, not for your kids. There's no presumption what's going on. Just four kids. In the future, it will help you save money quickly. Lots of key phrases or little words in that single sentence that got my attention. And actually, as when you read it the first time, the word that stuck out to me was quickly. Right. So for you, it was quickly. For me, it was more. And I also love the four kids in the future because I'm conscious of the fact that when someone's buying stuff for a child at a store, lots of times the cashier presumes that it is their child. And that's not always the case. It could be a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, a friend, any number of relations. And I think when we can talk about the customer, they know it's a kid because it's little kids floaties. There's a little less judgment, a little more openness, a little more positioning, which I love. Okay, anyway, interestingly enough, a few days later, before we headed home from our vacation, guess what I did? I took the whole family to Dick's Sporting Goods to get kitted out for the soccer season. Two pairs of cleats, two pairs of shin guards, and two soccer balls later, 
we had what we needed. Now add to that two pairs of shin guard friendly socks for each of my sons. That's four pairs total for those of you keeping score at home. Two pairs of soccer shorts for each of my sons. Again, that's four pairs of shorts total. So four plus four. Now we're up to eight additional items plus two more soccer balls. What can I say? Mom and dad wanted to get in on the fun and you can never have enough soccer balls when you're going to a youth soccer practice. And we had purchased enough new equipment to trigger my first loyalty card scorecard bonus of ten dollars of ten dollars off a future purchase, which was nice, but it also elevated me to gold scorecard status, which unlocked the ability to select one day out of the calendar year, someday in the future, when I would get three times the normal points for any purchases made that day. <laughs> and I know what you started thinking about, Joey, because you, like me, were, you're into the strategy, aren't you? I'm into the strategy. You are correct. And I'm guessing that you are reading my mind correctly. I started thinking, when should I schedule the triple points day? How can I put a couple of different requirements of things that I need to get from this new business that I've got a relationship with onto the same day to maximize the points. See friends, when you create customer-centric loyalty programs and you give customers unique power or control, like choose your own 3X points day, you get them thinking about spending more money with you without feeling overly salesy. So what can we learn from my recent loyalty program experiences? Well, number one, make sure everyone on your team genuinely understands the benefits of your loyalty program and that they can explain those benefits succinctly to your customers. It shouldn't be a rote, do you want to join our loyalty program, right? They should be excited about getting you to join and they should understand the benefit to them, the benefit to the business, but more importantly, the benefit to the customer. Number two, Make it fast and easy to sign up for your program. Genuinely fast and easy. Not just saying, hey, this will only take a minute and then it takes 20. No, fast and easy. Think under a minute from the time they say, yes, I want to express my loyalty to boom, we're ready to have you in our loyalty program. And number three, explore creative ways to get into the loyalty program conversation early on with a new customer with questions like, you've got quite a few things there. Are you going to be receiving quick rewards today? Or if you're going to be purchasing more sporting equipment for kids in the future, it will really help you save money quickly. Loyalty needs to be earned, but you can position your brand to foster loyalty if you make it easy to be loyal to your loyalty program. We spend hours and hours nose deep in books. We believe that everything you read influences the experiences you create. So we're happy to answer our favorite question. What are you reading? Okay, Joey, I know that you have been deep in the research phase and even the beginning of the writing for your next book. Can I tell people what it's called? You Am can. You can. Oh, yeah, that's okay. okay. Well, uh, Joey's first book, of course, was Never Lose a Customer Again. So his next book is going to be Never Lose an Employee Again. It's coming out in the spring of 2023. Don't worry, you will hear all the details first, right here on the Experience This Show. But I'm wondering, Joey, in the midst of all this, what have you been reading? You know, I have been doing a little bit of reading outside of the book writing and researching section of my life, but it's been a lot less than I normally like to do. And as a result, I've been pretty circumspect about my reading choices. 
But I got to admit, there was a new sequel that just came out. And it was the sequel to a book that I really enjoyed the first one. So I figured, I've got to check this out. Wait a second. Is, is Ready Player 3 out already? Oh, geez. I tell you, nice one. Nice callback. If it was, I would have read that one too. But no, this is a different sequel. This is, and before I get into this too far, in the interest of full disclosure, the author is a good friend of mine and we share the same speaking agent. But the author's name is Alan Stein Jr. And he's an expert in corporate performance, team cohesion, and personal accountability. Now, after the wild success of his first book, which was called Raise Your Game, which as an aside, I really enjoyed that one as well and found it to be super applicable and actionable, Alan just published his second book, which is called Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation, and Beat Burnout. I love it. And I now get the middles reference that you made in the title of this episode. You know, back in the part where you said, oh my. Yeah, beginnings, also, middles, and ends. Yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah. And, but also, I have to say, uh, full disclosure, Joey told me that he was reading this book uh, before we started recording. So I ordered it too, Joey. And so uh, for the first time in What Are You Reading History, I think you and I are reading the same book at the same time, which is pretty exciting. And uh, so I, I, I'm glad that you are talking about this book because uh, I found it to be pretty valuable as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. Perfect. And I did not know you were doing that. So that's super exciting. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about this in a What Are You Reading is because we talk a lot on the experience this show about starting the experience off on the right foot. And we also talk about ending experiences on a high note. But what often gets missed is the importance of maintaining and sustaining an experience during the in-between. Now, while this book isn't purely about customer or employee experience, it's definitely focused on something that many individuals and organizations struggle with. How do you keep going and continue to perform at a high level between those customer or employee milestones? And I thought it'd be interesting to have Alan Stein Jr., the author, give us a quick overview of the premise of the book and what readers can expect. Hi, I'm Alan Stein Jr. This book is for those of you looking to sustain a high level of excellence year after year without feeling burned out, hyper-stressed, or overwhelmed. And this message is needed now more than ever. Listen to these stats. 34% of U.S. workers consider themselves overworked. 77% feel burned out on the job. And 40% believe work-life balance is unattainable. Sustain Your Game offers a different approach. The highest performers in all walks of life have taken full ownership of themselves, their work, and their choices. They got to where they are and have stayed there because they've chosen to establish, refine, and repeat the habits that serve them best. They understand that you can't be selective when it comes to excellence. How you do anything is how you do everything. When it comes to delivering amazing customer experiences, the best aren't the best by accident or luck. They are at the top of their game because of their commitment to the fundamentals and they never get bored with the basics. My first book, Raise Your Game, was all about optimizing your performance in your job, your relationships, and your life. But that is really only half the battle. Keeping it there is even harder. The commitment to raising your game in any area of life is no easy feat. But the commitment to sustaining your game is even more challenging. Succeeding along these three timelines is equally important. In the moment, you have to battle stress. In the stretch, you have to fight stagnation. In the long haul, 
you have to beat burnout. Sustain Your Game offers practical strategies and actionable tools to becoming and staying your best self. You know, I liked the part where Alan said, the best aren't the best by accident or luck. They have a commitment to the fundamentals and they never get bored with the basics. You know, you've heard me quote my old friend, Joe Madden, the former manager of the Chicago Cubs, a number of times. He says, do simple better. And I love this quote, even though he's talking about baseball, because it applies to business as well. And it's similar to what Alan is saying, is that the simple pieces, the basic pieces, you have to get those right every single time. Otherwise, it becomes impossible to do the hard things. And I have to tell you, as I mentioned, I'm reading the book as well. And early on, I was thinking of Joe Madden again, because Joe Madden is known for a lot of quips that are lovingly referred to as Maddenisms. And one of the things that Alan talks about early on is not letting stress get to you and that stress is basically a choice. We choose to be stressed about things. We can also choose not to be stressed about things. And that reminded me of another Maddenism where Joe Madden always used to say, don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. That was his quote. And I love that. And it's, it's very similar. It's like, look, we can focus on the positives or we can focus on the negatives. We can focus on the stress or we can focus on the pleasure. And it's a matter of choice. And that is a lot of what he talks about in the beginning of the book. And I acknowledge, I haven't made it all the way through the book, but these are the things so far that have really been speaking to me. Oh, I love that there's things that are already jumping out for you. And you know, I think the reality is it's very easy for organizations to get into a rote or a familiar response in customer experience situations. And where while the basics are important, it's once we get the basics taken care of and we know how we're going to handle those things that we actually have the opportunities to elevate into more interesting conversations or to pull the conversation out of the typical response and try an atypical response. But we can't do that unless we get the basics right. You know, we strive to share stories here from all sorts of industries. And we do that in order to inspire our listeners to explore different ideas for creating remarkable customer experiences. Now, one of my favorite passages in the book thus far, and to be honest, like you, Dan, I'm still reading as the book just came out, is related to a concept that Alan calls new eyes. As Alan writes, and I quote, another way to see things anew is to bring in someone with a new perspective. Basketball was invented in the 1890s, but the jump shot didn't become a popular way to score until the 1950s. That's 60 years of basketball without a jump shot. And there were holdouts even then. In 1963, Hall of Fame Celtic Bob Cousy said, quote, I think the jump shot is the worst thing that has happened to basketball in 10 years. Now, in fairness, Cousy had, hadn't yet seen Steph Curry, who wouldn't even be born for another 25 years. New perspective is how all things evolve. One study found that bringing an outsider onto a largely homogenous team actually doubled the team's chances of solving a challenging problem. This happened not in spite of the friction caused by the outsider, but because of it. The groups where everyone came from the same background were ineffective and complacent, running over the same old ground and wondering why they didn't get any place new. You know, this really speaks to me because one of the big companies that I worked for, and we'll just keep the name quiet, although you probably figured out if you go to my LinkedIn. <laughs> just let people guess on their own. 
the vast majority of the employees all lived in the same place. And I did not. I was remote before remote became popular. And there were two other guys that were hired at the same time that were also remote in different cities. And all three of us had the same experience, which was that the people who were in the headquarters city really had no interest in an outside perspective. They literally looked at us like we were the big city guys coming in and telling them how to do things. And that's not at all the approach that we were trying to take. But there was just this idea of, look, we've always done it this way. It's always worked. We make a lot of money. And so we're going to keep doing it this way. And to be honest, you know, if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out because that frustrated the heck out of me, right? That is sort of a, a recipe for disaster to just assume that the way we're doing things is always the way we should do things. And you know what? As Alan would suggest, if you did that, you never would get the jump shot in basketball. So true, Dan. Fresh perspectives, fresh point of views. They are key to taking your business to the next level. Sustain Your Game is filled with dozens of tips and tricks and techniques like this that can help anyone who's reading it perform at a higher level over an extended period of time, which is why I love this great story, which I'm guessing that many of our listeners will be familiar with, at least in part, but maybe not the whole thing. Here's Alan sharing his favorite passage from Sustain Your Game. In the early 1980s, no rock band put on a live show like Van Halen. Before anyone in music was doing complex stunts, they would rig lead singer David Lee Roth up to a wired contraption that allowed him to fly over the stage. Traveling from city to city, Roth needed the trust that wherever they played, those in charge of the stage had set up everything properly. The problem? There just wasn't enough time for them to check everything themselves. Their contract contained explicit instructions but how could they know for sure if the stage crew actually read it? After all, their performance and Roth's life depended on it. The solution? Embedded deep in the document was a clause to put a bowl of M&Ms in the band's dressing room, but that all of the brown M&Ms had to be removed. Failure to comply meant the band would not play, but still be paid in full. When Roth arrived for a show, if he saw a bowl of M&Ms without the brown ones, he knew the crew had read everything carefully. And if not, he knew they'd just scan the contract so he couldn't trust them and the band wouldn't play. This story is often used as a knock on how spoiled Van Halen was, but that's because people don't understand the true purpose of the clause. Roth needed to perform at his best and needed to make sure everything was prepared for him to do so. Preparation matters. A lot. What a great story. So here are a few questions that came up for me already while reading this book. Am I planning ahead and preparing to respond to expected customer scenarios? Am I planning ahead and preparing to respond to unexpected customer scenarios? How often am I going back to the basics when it comes to delivering customer experiences? How often am I looking at the customer journey with new eyes in order to keep things operating at a high level? To enhance your customer experience, your employee experience, and frankly, your own personal development, go get a copy of Alan Stein Jr.'s new book, Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation, and Beat Burnout, and keep operating at the highest level possible in the weeks and the months and the years to come. Thank <laughs> you.
Frank has joined the meeting. Hey, Frank. I'm excited about our new website meeting today, especially since we're able to meet here in the office to discuss instead of using online video conferencing. Well, me too, Todd. It's nice to be in the same room together. But remember Pierre and Victor? They're going to be joining remotely. So there's a lot to cover. And as soon as they dial in, I guess we'll, we'll jump into the conversation. Pierre has joined the meeting. Bonjour, Pierre. It's good to see you. Yeah, we can't, we can't hear you, Pierre. Nope. No, we, we still can't hear you. Sorry, we still can't hear you, my friend. We see you talking to us and yeah, but we, we can't hear what you're saying. <sighs> is he muted? No, I see that his mic is on. We, Pierre, we can't hear you. Uh, Todd, we just quick type in the chat that we can't hear him. Maybe he can't hear us. Victor has joined the meeting. Good to see you, Frank and Todd. Uh, can you turn your camera on, Victor? It sounds like you can see us, but we can't see you. Uh, any luck with that microphone, Pierre? Pierre! Uh, Pierre, I see your lips are moving, but we still can't hear you. Victor? Victor, can you hear us? Because your camera still isn't on. Todd, Frank, I can't see you, but no hear you. Your lips are moving, but no sound is coming. This is ridiculous. Should we all just exit and come back in? How, how do we exit? We're, we're in the room together. <laughs> we're going to walk out of the room and come back? Oh, geez, Todd, no. We're, I mean, Victor and Pierre would sign out and then we would sign out and then everybody else will re-sign back in. Uh, why would that help? I don't know. Isn't this like the hard reset on the computer? I'm just trying to come up with something to do other than sit here and watch Pierre's lips move and hear Victor yelling at us but not hear us and we can't see him to boot. Ah. <sighs> Fine. Everyone leave the room. Frank and I'll stay here, but re-log in and we'll see you back here in five minutes. Todd has ended the meeting. As hybrid work environments become more common, holding high-quality virtual meetings is becoming even more challenging. Before the pandemic, around 5% of employees spent at least part of their time working remotely. Going forward, that number is expected to be 40 to 50%. With some people meeting in the office and others dialing in remotely, the importance of having everyone be able to participate and have their voices heard is more important than ever. According to Stephen Rogelberg at the University of Virginia, Charlotte, quote, less than 50% of meeting time is effective and engaging, and the numbers are even worse for remote participants, unquote. Leaders need to adopt a stewardship mindset for making meetings better for the people in the room and those participating remotely. The team at Mitel are experts in creating the right culture and experience for employees regardless of location. Their tools, technologies, and thought leadership on remote and hybrid work solutions make it easy for your teams to stay connected to the people in the room and those online as well. Take a few minutes to visit mitel.com experience this and download Making Meetings Better in the Hybrid Workplace, a new ebook that will help you rethink how collaboration should work in this new environment. Again, visit mytel.com slash experience this and make your meetings effective and engaging for everyone, regardless of their location. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? 
Okay, Joey. We've talked about beginnings. We've talked about middles. And I'm guessing now we're going to talk about endings. Exactly. You know, so many companies think about marketing and selling and recruiting, and some even think about onboarding. But very few think strategically or systematically about offboarding. What do you do when a customer cancels or ends their relationship with you? Like the song says, breaking up is hard to do. Fair enough, my friend, but it doesn't need to be. Every quarter, I set aside time on my calendar to review all of my credit card statements to find any of those recurring charges that I just don't need anymore. Things that I signed up for and I'm not using enough or signed up and forgot that I signed up for or things that are renewing or already did renew that I wasn't aware were going to renew or subscriptions I selected that I don't read anymore. And as part of my recent evaluations, I found three services that I didn't need and I decided to figure out how to cancel. Now, I say figure out, as you're going to tell, because it wasn't necessarily as easy as I would have hoped. Let me briefly explain the canceling process with each of these monthly subscriptions. And as is usually the case here on the experience of the show, the names of the guilty have been anonymized to protect the guilty. But the names of those who are remarkable will be shared because they're remarkable. Now, the first one was a hosting company that shall go by no name other than website hosting company. I logged in and I went to my account page. There was nothing under the invoices, even though I could see the recurring invoices for every month. There was nothing where I could cancel under my profile or where my credit card was stored. I couldn't find anywhere in the backend login system of this hosting to figure out how to end my monthly subscription. I tried the search functionality within their platform searching for words like cancel and end and unsubscribe. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, I left their website, Googled, how do I quit the name of this hosting company? Saw a video that someone had put together on YouTube that detailed all the subscreens you have to go to to find this little highlighted word. I went through those same screens. I found the little word. I clicked on it to find out that I was needed to put in a ticket request asking for a cancellation, and then wait for an email reply, which by the way, came a day and a half later, and then get into a separate series of emails back and forth multiple times before they finally confirmed in writing that my account had been canceled some six days after I tried to cancel my account. Ah, silly Joey. Don't you know they just don't want you to cancel? Yeah, right? I mean, not only did they make it impossible to do, but if it were any other forum other than our podcast, and I would talk about this in conversations with friends, I will not be recommending this hosting platform. It was ridiculous. And the sad thing is, I'd been hosting with them for a long time. It wasn't that they did anything wrong. It's just that the site they were hosting, I didn't need anymore. So now... I went to my second experience, which was a newspaper. Now, this is a newspaper that I love what they put together, but I subscribe to a number of newspapers and magazines, and I'm just not having time to read all of them. So I decided I wanted to cancel. I log on and I figured out pretty quickly that you cannot cancel this subscription online. I looked in the profile, looked in the invoice and billing section. Finally, I found a screen that said, do you want to cancel? If so, call this number. So I called. I waited on hold for a long time. I finally got to someone who then asked me for three points of proof to prove that it was me. 
even though I was calling in, I referenced my account number, I told them my billing address, I gave them all the information, they made me answer a bunch of other questions to prove that it was actually me. I then explained that I wanted to cancel as I wasn't, as I said earlier, having time to read anymore. Three times, they tried to offer me a lower price. Even though I said nothing about the pricing, I said, I'm not reading it. They were like, well, if you paid $10 less a month, how would you feel? Well, if you paid $15 less a month, okay, final offer that I can give you. If you only paid $25 less per month, what would it be? And I was like, guys, it's not about the money. And it was annoying and it made me not like that subscription. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> boy, this sounds way too familiar. Uh, the first thing is that this person is clearly not listening to you, right? Clearly. They've got a script and they're told, well, I have to read this script. I have to try to sell them on the lower price and then the even lower price and then the even lower price, except price isn't the issue for you. And so listening to your customer is generally a good sign. Secondly, I would say not every business has to be like a financial services fault, right? I mean... I get it. When I'm when I'm trying to talk to my credit card company, it's probably a good thing that they're running some security checks, right? This is a newspaper. Yeah, exactly. I, I was mean, like, what? Are, how many? What's the worst you could do? Well, yeah, and I was also thinking, I got to tell you, like, how many rogue instances are of somebody going, I know. I'm going to prank my coworker. I'm going to find out what newspaper they subscribe to. I'm going to call up and cancel their <laughs> subscription. Right. Like, who does that? No one. And all they succeeded in doing was really irritating me in my last interaction with a brand, which again, I'd been a subscriber for over a year and I really enjoy their publication. I'm just not reading it as much anymore. Yeah, it's, it, it is... We try... I get it when we try to script our customer service agents and we want them to go through a process. But if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, then you you have to be able to riff sometimes, right? Like you have to be able to react to a situation that isn't exactly like it is on the script. And it sounds like at least in this organization, they just haven't either trained or empowered their agents to be able to react to reality. Exactly. And so now that I've given you two horrible examples of how to offboard a customer, let me give you one that I really enjoyed. Now, the name of this organization is Law Depot. Law Depot is a website with legal forms and contracts. Now, as some of our listeners know, I'm a recovering attorney. I don't practice law anymore. But every once in a while, I find myself needing to put together a contract or some type of agreement that I remember from my law school days that there are some clear little boilerplate language pieces or phrases that you want to put into the contract that I remember that they exist, but I don't remember the exact wording. So I needed to do something. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to hop on. I did a search and I got led to this site, Law Depot. And they said, hey, if you pay this monthly service, you can access all of these existing contract templates. I was like, great, sign up. I used it for the contract I needed for. It was completely valuable and useful and amazing. And then I forgot to cancel it. So about three months later, after I'm still paying every month, even though I used it for my one thing and I didn't still need it, I look at my credit card statement. I was like, oh my gosh, how have I forgotten to cancel this? So I logged in. Oh my goodness, was it easy and efficient. Right on the account homepage was a button that said, cancel your subscription. I pressed the button. It said, are you really sure you want to do it? I said, yes, I am. Processed it immediately with a confirmation number, followed up by an email within a minute 
redetailing my confirmation number and notifying me of how long I'd still have access to Law Depot before my subscription ended at the end of the month. Isn't it amazing when we do simple better, Joey? Isn't it amazing when we make... It really is. Yeah, you make the simple thing simple. Like, it's not... Look, customers are going to want to cancel. They're going to want to leave your business for whatever reason. Maybe they got a personal reason they don't want to talk to you about. Maybe there's been a death in the family. Maybe they just don't want to do business with you anymore. We got to be able to accept that and help them exit in an easy way. Because ultimately, my guess is, Joey, and I don't want to like steal your thunder here, the next time you need some contract hope, you're probably going to go back to Law Depot because they made it easy for you. Exactly. And here's the thing, friends. When we post this episode of the podcast, I am going to tag Law Depot. And my gut instinct is the folks at Law Depot, even though I'm talking about canceling the subscription, are going to appreciate the shout out. Why? Because even customers that leave can be your advocates. I am an advocate for Law Depot. They provided exactly what I wanted when I needed it. I just didn't need a long-term ongoing relationship with them. I just needed some quick help. They got some money out of me. I like to think they provided value. I got value. Everyone's happy. So what can we learn from these three cancellation stories, these three endings or offboardings of the customer experience? First, Make it obvious when somebody logs in how to end the relationship. Number two, make it easy. Don't make them click through 78 things. Don't make them get on the phone and talk to someone. How how few buttons do I have to actually click before I get what I'm looking for? Number three, be careful not to overly downsell them on the exit. When somebody is done, when they want the relationship to be over, it's okay to test if there would be something you could do to make them stay but don't continue to badger them and read the script to go through three consecutive downsells before you'll give them what they asked for. Make it efficient. Make it fast. And last but not least, so this is a pro tip, something that we didn't talk about in the examples, but that everybody should consider doing when a customer leaves. Do something nice at the departure. Give them 30 days more of the subscription as a gift. Send them a note thanking them for their patronage and their loyalty. Maybe even refund the last 30 days. I don't know about you, but sometimes I go in and cancel and I'm like, I should have canceled this earlier. What if when you canceled, they said, hey, by the way, we're not only going to stop where you are right now, but we're imagining that you might have been thinking about canceling even before you reached out to us. So we're going to roll back the clock and give you the last 30 days free as well. Something minor that would end the relationship on a high note is a way that you make sure that while your beginning experiences are remarkable and your middle experiences are sustained and incredible, that your ending experiences are just as good. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you! We're curious, was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, 
Don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience. Yes.